Lord, we just as we get into your word, we ask for your direction, Holy Spirit, this morning. We ask for wisdom from above, Lord. Father, we speak against anything that would come to distract us from what you want to speak into our hearts and our minds this morning. Father, we want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so we can test and approve what is good. Lord, we love you, and we love that you've brought us here together as a family this morning. We make the most of our time together, centering in, on, and as, if, again, as was already shared, focusing in on you, keeping our eyes set on you. We're thankful, God, that you're the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. All right. Today we're going to uh, we're be talking about trusting God. Okay, seems like maybe some sort of a big umbrella type topic, but we're going to get to some specifics for sure. Um, how many of you guys have ever, I'm going to just tell you, out of, the, out of the abundance or overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? That's what I'm doing this morning. My heart's overflowing and it's just bleh, coming up and this really, it's, but it's good. And it's good because, because I'm right in the middle of this season of really learning how to trust God more. Not like learning how to trust God because you can't really get anywhere in the Christian life without learning how to trust him a little bit, but there's always, you can always grow, always. Take, take the person that you know that trusts God more than anyone else in the world, they can grow in their trust of God. It's amazing. I love it. There's always more. So how many of you guys have ever prayed, like, Lord, help me to become more patient? How many of you guys prayed that? Yeah, that's, that prayer sucks, right? <laughs> like, that, they, because, because you pray it and you're like, I really, like, I know that he's proud of me for praying it, but if ever I hoped that he didn't answer a prayer, right? Like, you just pray it to look good in front of people, like a group of people, like, Lord, just make me more patient. And they're like, man, why are you praying that? That's because the way that he does it is, is he helps walk you through the valley of the shadow of death, right? Like, I mean, you walk through, he doesn't bring on trials, to, but I mean, he'll walk you through things that will, you have an opportunity to either exercise patience or impatience. That's, what, that's how you learn, right? If your kid's like, Dad, can you teach me how to cross the street? How do you teach him how to cross the street? You just sit him down at the table and draw him a diagram and talk to him about the street, or do you take him to the street? Take him to the street. Taking it to the street. <laughs> you were thinking it. I'm just saying it. Yeah. How many of you guys have ever asked, Lord, make me more humble? Oh, I did that one years ago. I'm thankful, but like, it was brutal. But it's so good. Lord, make me more humble. So I started praying, Lord, help me to trust you. And then like a month into praying, I'm like, where'd God go? <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, I'm like hearing from the Lord daily. We're like having these encounters. I'm like, Lord, help me to trust you. He's like, okay. I'm like, Wait, wait no, he didn't go anywhere. That's just what it said. I'm like, I'm like praying, like, Lord, what do you, what do you have for me today, Lord? <laughs> like, you know, because a lot of the times, what I realize is that when one of the ways that he helps to begin to teach us to trust him is to have us lean on what he's already said. Okay, and ninety percent of that, ninety-nine ish, maybe, is right in here. It's in your Bible too. But <laughs> he said that there would be joy in his house. So 
Listen, I realized, seriously, a couple months into being so frustrated, I'm not hearing from God. And finally, he's like, you know, just like a parent when you're trying to teach your kid a, a difficult lesson, and then finally, you know, by more omission than commission of your words. And then finally, you're like, don't you get it? And the Lord was like, I've already spoken. Like, I've already said a lot of stuff. You need to lean on that. And I was like, oh, I'm learning. And once I started to go, oh, then I also started to hear the Lord more in the way that I thought that I you know, wanted to or needed to. Is that making sense? Yeah. Let me just set a little, a little more context for you. Um, I started to learn a lot about trust when I, a little over 12 years ago, I took my girlfriend's dad to lunch and I, and I asked, and I knew him. We had, we had grown up in a small town, and I had done men's outreach things with him, and our, our families were, were acquaintances anyways. And um, anyways, I took him to lunch. I asked if I could marry Kaylee. And, you know, spoiler, he said yes. So, you know, but, uh, but I, I, was, I, was, I was genuine. I genuinely wanted not only his yes, but his, like, full... Yes, all of it, his embrace, his support, and we got it. And, and I wasn't nervous, but it, that's what I wanted. I needed to, I needed to have it. And uh, anyways, so married Kaylee, and uh, a few, maybe three or four years into our marriage, I had grown up a lot and, and had gone from, many of you know my story, had gone from a, a very, very different um, background uh, spiritually, just more, uh, I was raised in a great church, uh, just grew up not believing in um, the power of the Holy Spirit as we believe in it uh, here and now, and not believing in the goodness of God as I believe in it now, not believing in several of the things, just a different, just a different upbringing, and some of you can relate. So uh, the Lord, Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of, or started to grab a hold of me in, in about 2009 and just radically transformed me uh, over the course of a couple of years. Well, during, or maybe right at the end of those first intense couple of years, I had this epiphany and I went, why? So here it is, my in-law, I think they're probably actually watching, hey. Um, <laughs> But my in-laws, so they grew up in the, in the vineyard movement, uh, you know, and uh, many of you are familiar with John Wimber, and, and Kaylee grew up in that movement, and so just a great, and just a rich heritage of, of charismatic expression of Christianity, it was great. And, and I was openly against that at the time, very openly <laughs> against that at the time, and, uh, and, they, and they knew that, and uh, so I went, whoa, just like in the middle of the day by myself, whoa, why did they let me marry Kaylee? And, I, and I, so I called, why did you say yes to me? Because I, I, I seriously, I needed to know. Because I, I knew they loved me, and I knew they were very intelligent, and I knew they, and I knew they wanted the best for us. But they, they didn't just say yes. It was like a wholehearted, they were so excited. Yes, it wasn't, they wasn't like, well, we'll see what happens. You know, it, it, and so I went, and I was like, I said, why did you let me marry Kaylee? Like, why did you say yes? I'm kind of laughing, but I'm also like, I, I need you to tell me the answer because I need to know. And, uh, and I forgot which one of them said. Well, one of them said, well, Nate, we saw things in you you didn't see in yourself. And I said, I said, okay. I feel like that's not enough of an answer, though. 
And they said, and they said well, we, we trusted God more than we trusted you. Wow. And I thought that it was at that time when I first went, I need to learn how to trust God because if I came up to me and asked me to marry Zoe, if I was in that same, if the roles were all reversed and I was sitting there where Kent was and I came up and with the trust level that I had in the Lord, my answer would have been no. Wholeheartedly. With gusto. No. Thank you. Come again. And, uh, and I went, Lord, I need to grow. And so he's like, okay. And so he starts me on this journey. All right. So I realized that, that trust is sort of developed. Okay, it takes time, right? How many of you heard like trust is earned, right? When, you, when somebody breaks your trust, it takes a while to earn it back. It just usually does, okay? The thing about trusting the Lord, I'm going to tell you some, some steps here on how trust is developed. The thing about trusting the Lord is that he's got a long, 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 infallible history of earning our trust. <laughs> so we don't ever have a reason not to trust him. But uh, nonetheless, I'd like to start with maybe the definition of trust. What do we mean when we say trust? And um, in, the, in the New Testament, usually the same word that's used for faith and trust. In the Old Testament, there's four different Hebrew words used for, for trust, and they all have to do with a different type of sense that it touches uh, based on the context of the word. But we're just going to talk about one today. Um, so the, the definition of that word trust is assured reliance, assured reliance of the character, ability, and proven strength of someone or something. But in this case, it's God, okay? Assured reliance on the character, ability, and strength of someone. So how can we begin to develop a trust in the Lord? Because it has to start somewhere. Even if we have a little bit of trust in him, even our growth has to start somewhere if it's a process, if it's something that is, is developed. So step one, I would say, is to know God. Okay? And I'm not just talking about a familiarity, right? The Bible says even the, even the demons know him. I mean, like, they, they, they know the word probably better than most of us do, right? But that, that's not, it's not a knowing about, it's an intimate knowledge. It's a relational, it's an experiential knowledge, right? Knowing God, how do we get to know him? So here's, here's, a, here's just an easy, like, well, do we need to know God to trust him? Do you need to know your babysitter to leave your kids with him? Her? Yes. It's really hard to trust people you don't know. It's not, it's not impossible to give someone a level of trust based on a first impression or on a discernment or on a, a reference from another person. There is a level of trust that can be placed. And that's the same level of trust that I believe we all walk in when we first come to know Jesus as our Savior. We're given a level of trust. Obviously, we just turned our life over to this man. So we have a level of trust that we're given. But to grow and trust to where we can actually lean on him, as we're going to talk about in just a sec, that's what that word hasad in the Hebrew trust means to lean on. Okay, if we're, actually, if we're actually going to grow to that place, then a relationship has to be developed. It's just the way that it is. My in-laws knew me, they'd seen me, they'd experienced me, but they'd known God a lot longer. <laughs> and they knew that God was never going to fail them, and I had the potential to fail them. He doesn't have the potential to fail, and, I, and we do. 
So how do we get to know him? It brings us to step two. We have to know his word. This is God's chosen revelation about himself. He said, would you like to know what I'm like? Here, this is what I'm like. Bill Johnson says, if you want to know about the Father, don't look any further than Jesus. Because in so many places, it says that, in, in Hebrews says that, that Jesus was the exact physical representation of the Father. Jesus himself turned to Philip, and Philip goes, just show us the Father. <laughs> like, because they didn't understand that he wasn't coming to build a, a tangible, you know, brick-and-mortar kingdom where he was going to set them all up as kings in this brick-and-mortar kingdom. They didn't get it. And so Philip's, he's talking to him about, I'm going to go to the Father. And they're like, okay, can you show us the Father? And he goes, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we read about the life of Jesus. We read in the character. We look at his traits. We look at his heart. We see he was moved by compassion. We see the things that moved him, drove him, and motivated him. You've seen the Father. Those are the things that moves him. Those are the things that motivate him. That's his heart. Jesus' heart is the Father's heart. We get to know him in his word. He's given, him, he's given us this great revelation about himself, his character, his proven abilities, and his strength. There's the definition of trust. If we don't know his word, we can only know him to a certain level. Okay, if we don't know his word, there's a cap. And if there's a cap on how much we know him, there's a cap on how much we can trust him. Because you can't grow in trust without growing in relationship. Is this making sense? Good. You guys know the song, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus? Love that song. Absolutely love it. Top three of all time. My favorites. I can't even sing it anymore because I cry through the whole thing. It's embarrassing. But I, I just, I can't. I, last time I tried to lead it, I, I was about three or four years ago. And I was like, I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. Let somebody else, let Rachel do it. I'll sit on the ground in my puddle of tears and Rachel can lead the song. <laughs> Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise and just to know what? Thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust thee, how I've, how I've sorry, proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Do you guys know the story behind that? Some of you probably do. The story behind where that song was written. The song was written by a lady named Louisa Steed, okay, or, or Stead, I don't know how you pronounce it, but uh, in the late 1800s, like 1882, I think, she, her husband, and her four-year-old daughter went for a picnic on the Long Island Sound, and they were enjoying a great day, and they saw a, a young boy in the water drowning, calling for help. Dad rushes in, they both drown. He, he grabs a hold of the kid, and the kid pulls him under, they both drown, and Louisa and her daughter watch from the shore. Okay. New York City, 1882, widowed wife and daughter are destitute. They're just destitute because he, dad was the breadwinner and now they don't have anything. Okay. So they go uh, days, turn into weeks, turn into a couple months, and they're out of money and out of food. And I'm not talking like out of food, like out of things that we want to eat. I mean, like, there's no more food. There's nothing, else that, there's nothing else that's edible in the house, and they have no, no dollars left to do anything. And, uh, but they, they trusted the Lord. They loved the Lord. They were believers. And they opened the door one day, and there was groceries. They don't know who they're from. And they had enough to eat. 
And they ran out of food again. And they went back to the door, and there were groceries. And she sat down at night, and she wrote this entire song. And shortly after that, they moved to South Africa and became missionaries full-time. She remarried. And she didn't, her troubles didn't, she, she battled lifelong illness and died of an illness that, that plagued her for years and years and years on the mission field. And she, but this song is still sung in I don't even know how many tribal languages in Africa. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, probably one of, I mean, there's probably a few of our hymns that, that, are, that are translated and sung like that, but this one is everywhere, and it's been there since 1882 or 4, whenever it was, they added music to it. That is amazing. The level of trust that it takes in the middle of losing your, watching your husband die, running out of food, running out of money, and then going, all right, Lord, I'm leaning on you because I don't got anything left. And then boom, there's your provision. That's how God works. That is a result of trusting the Lord. Step three, after knowing his word, this is the last step, I guess, that we're going to talk about today, is that we practice actively leaning on him or trusting him, and not on our own understanding. We're going to get into the word here in just a second. This may come during a difficult time, like Louisa Steed's difficult time. It may. It doesn't have to. But in the way that we practice leaning on him, we renew our mind. I want to look at these scriptures, Proverbs 3, 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. If you actually you go and just literally translate it with the word hasad, like I just told you, is it's lean on the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding because the word trust means to lean on for full support, okay? So lean on the Lord with everything you have and don't lean on your own understanding. That's what it says. Proverbs 28, 26 says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. You guys noticed there's similarities. There's more verses like this for just these the three are the ones that we that have grabbed. But do you guys notice the, the common thread in all three of these verses? I'll just sum up all three of these verses. Every inkling in your flesh is going to tell you to rely on your brain and intellectual understanding. And that is the wrong thing to do. <laughs> Lean on the Lord. That's what it says. All three of these. So when, when Paul in Romans 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, there is a battlefield in the mind. And we have to renew our mind so that we can know in our knower and that it can make it from here to here so we can know and understand that leaning on our own intellect and understanding will only get us so far. And that if we intend to get a breakthrough, if we intend to have a, a meaningful and purposeful and result-filled relation with the Lord, that we will lean on him instead of our own understanding. The question comes down to why, why trust God. Besides, besides the Bible says to do it, that's good. But still, we always want to know why. Why do we trust God? And really, the, I think that Philippians 
is going gonna, is gonna to sum that up for us in our context today. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your needs. Say all. All, all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you look up all in the Greek, it means all. It's great. We did a good, I'm, I might do a whole sermon on the word study. And we could get out early and go to lunch, right? Because it just means all. My God shall supply all of your needs. So how many of you have experienced a need before? Good, seven people have needs. So, that, so for you seven who are honest and, uh, you know, like it's okay to raise your hand in church, those kind of things. So Phyllis stood up. She went past the hand. So my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. That is a promise worth leaning into right there. So if he will supply all of my needs, not only is that right there by itself cool, but look at the second half of the verse, according to his riches. So we know that we have needs, right? We think we understand the best way to meet them even sometimes. But this doesn't say that he's going to supply everything you need according to your understanding, because he just told you not to lean on your own understanding, right? So you don't lean on your own understanding. He says, I'm going to supply all your needs I'm putting in the first person. I'm going to supply all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus, my son. That's what he says. I love that with, with see, with your riches, Tysa, you can go buy lunch. But with his riches, you can multiply a lunch. It's different. So we think that we know what we need. We think we know how to get it. And we think we know what the outcome will be once we have it. And he shows up sometimes and that's different. He shows up all the time. Sometimes it's different. When we have, the, we have the mind of Christ and when we're walking with a renewed mind, we're walking in the Holy Spirit and we're seeing things. We say, Lord, I want my will to be your will. I want my heart to be your heart. I want you to teach me these things. Teach me your statutes. When we're walking like that, oftentimes the way that we see our need needing to be met is the way that he wants to meet it. We got it. We nailed it. We're, we're, we're eye to eye. But a lot of the times we're like, Lord, I need, I need, I need. And he's like, you do need, but you don't need that. That's not the best thing. Okay? We know this. If you've raised kids, you know that not always what they think they need is the best thing. Like, I don't feel good. I think I just need some ice cream. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Sometimes. Well, my wife and I don't feel good. Sometimes we need ice cream. But usually it's not like a physical don't feel good. It's like, it's like and I'm tired. And Joseph and Chelsea, they're addicted too. So yeah, <laughs> Kyle's, ad- man, we should have an ice cream recovery group meet here. <laughs> but it's great because, it's great because when, once, we, once we understand and believe that not only is God good and not only does he have our best interests in mind and not only is he going to do what he said he's going to do and not only will he show up when we lean into him and not on our own understanding, not only will he do all that, but it actually, he does it all every time. It's actually easier once you step into trust. It's hard, it's hard at first because you're like, but it doesn't make sense. You know, and my buddy sent me a text the other day. He goes, Man, I should have pulled it up so I can read it. I think I remember it. But it, I talked to him a few months ago, and he goes, hey, after we talked, he's a pastor in California, a really good friend. He goes, after we talked in California, uh, a couple months ago, I went to this deep, dark place. I'd never been there before. It was depression, anxiety, physical anxiety attacks. It was, it was terrible. And my wife prayed deliverance over me one day, and it broke. And the Lord spoke to me and told me to read a book. And I read the book, and it was like I couldn't eat it up fast enough. And he goes, and the Lord spoke to me 
three things. I'm only going to share one thing with you guys. Um, and, uh, and, it, and it's totally pulled him out of this pit, and it's amazing. Well, the first thing, he, first thing he shared with me was that the Lord told him, this is the Lord speaking, your plans make perfect sense, and they fail. My plans make no sense, and they work perfectly every time. <laughs> Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's not in the moment, right? You're like, no, but no, it needs to, uh, this makes sense. If it makes really good sense, there's a good chance that it might have come from your own understanding. Because there's not a lot of faith required in things that make ton of sense. There's a lot of faith and trust required when you're like, that doesn't add up. I'm not, you, you guys know what I'm saying. Don't take that and swing the pendulum too far the other way. I'm going to give you one example here. Just a story, personal story. I've, I've shared this with some of you before, parts of it, but of when trusting God really paid off. Because sometimes we have stories of when trusting God paid off. Like I trusted him, it paid off. And now, I'd, now we're done with that situation, but many of us are still walking and, continu- and continuing to have to trust him in things. I'm in, I'm in something, or, or a few things right now, of having to trust him every day. And you wake up every day, Phyllis, you're right. And you're like, today's the breakthrough. Today's gonna be the day. And sometimes what I mean is, I don't wanna have to trust you anymore. <laughs> I, just want, I just want the breakthrough so that we don't have to worry about this. It's a lot easier if I just know what's gonna happen. When a lot of times he's going, but I know what's going to happen. So I have your best interest. And so I'm going to let you know what you need to know when you need to know it. And you need to trust me for that. Easier said than done sometimes. We were living in Leander. This is about four years ago, maybe almost five years ago. Um, We had, we had, uh, we were just in a, in a rough spot financially and um, had moved to plant a church and, um, yeah, so we're living there. We ran out of money, and then we ran out of food. And I'm talking run out of money, like not like we don't want to touch our savings. Like there's no more dollars to Nate's name. You know, we've used up all the coins. We've used, you know, and I've sold stuff that I wish I didn't, you know, have to sell, and it's gone. So I don't know. I don't know what else to do. But we knew not to go into to like credit card debt. Okay, we we had we had a lot of people tell us early on or yell at us early on not to do that. I'm very thankful for. We've never been a credit card debt. It's been great. Um, and so we uh, we ran out of everything. Zoe's a baby, and Zeb was about oh, about three years old. And we went. We need groceries, like for dinner. We ate, we ate the last of our food. We don't have any food. And I felt I wasn't like well, I wasn't like God's gonna take care of us. <laughs> like I was just like you better take care of us. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. You think I'm joking? I go lay down, I go lay down in my room underneath my, or in my office underneath my desk, and I go, I'm not going to get up until there's money on the desk. I'm not going to get up. And I'd fall asleep there. I'd also say, I'm not going to get up until you baptize me with power. And I'd fall asleep there. I did that for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months. I just, because, but that day I remember I remember being ashamed that I couldn't provide enough for the family. You know, doing, I was doing like three different things, three different jobs, and I just, we were trying to plant this church, and I, I couldn't do it myself. And I, and I was ashamed because I'd always been able to provide for my family, no problem, right? We know now God's our provider. But I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. And so it wasn't like, it wasn't like God's going to supply all my needs according to his riches. And I knew no scripture. I was just angry. And, and, 
And I'm like, why would you, and I'm under my breath, you brought us to Texas just to make us starve, and this is stupid, and we never had this problem before in California, and all that. Anyways, I go check the mail, which I often did to clear my head and check for money. But but our our mailboxes were in a cluster, so you had, it was like a a walk. It took me 10 minutes to walk there. So I'd walk there, and uh, I checked the mail, and there was a check in there for 100 bucks from some friends of ours that we hadn't talked to in a year. And the note said, uh, thought you might need this. So I called him up and I was like, you thought right. <laughs> thanks for thinking. Thank, you know, thank, thanks, for, thanks for not leaning on your own understanding, but on leaning on God. And it was a, I'm sure it was a sacrifice for them to send it to us. But we went to the store and we bought like $98 worth of groceries or whatever. It was great. I learned a lot in that moment, but God didn't stop there. Okay? We, were, we, had, we went to the store, and we just bought, we bought what we needed, for, and it was enough to feed us for, you know, definitely days and days. But we ran out of toilet paper. And uh, I was going to make a joke, but I didn't. <laughs> we ran out of toilet paper, and, uh, and we're out of money again, you know, because... How many, like, once you eat the food, you have to go shopping again. Like, you get hungry again. So, um, so we're like, oh, my gosh, we're out. And then I was just like, okay. And my neighbor calls us, this sweet lady. She's laughing on the phone. She's a widow. We help take care of her. And Kaylee's talking to her yesterday. She's laughing. I don't know why. I feel like this is the silliest phone call. I have so much toilet paper. <laughs> like, I don't even know how I ended up with so much toilet paper, but do you need any toilet paper? And Kaylee's like, yes, we need toilet paper. So we go over, she gives us like 40 rolls of toilet paper, you know. We're like, and I was like, it was at that moment that I realized like she might need help shopping. You know, like, like maybe we should help her with shopping because why should she have, she shouldn't have this much toilet paper. And, uh, and then it was, that, it was that same week. I can't remember where the day was, where it landed, but that same week, and this gets me, so if I cry, then you know why, but the same week, we ran out, we eat organic, and we, we, eat, we eat healthy or clean, we try to, and um, we ran out of coconut oil. So we use coconut oil for a lot of stuff. Um, we're sort of hippies that way. And, and we ran out of coconut oil. Coconut oil is kind of expensive. We buy it at Costco in 55-gallon drums. And, but we, uh, we, ran out of, of <laughs> we ran out of coconut oil. And it, it, you know, in any other world... That's the very, that's a first world problem, right? So uh, we ran out, and I was just, but, so it, it wasn't a big deal. We ran out of coconut oil. It wasn't like, what are we going to do? It was like, okay, we're out of coconut oil. We just won't use it. And uh, so we, we went to the store, uh, Natural Grocers up there in Cedar Park, and we walked in, and they, ha- they often have drawings and stuff like that and whatever. And so they said, oh, we're having a raffle. Would you like to fill out, you know, and I'm Jewish, so I would say yes to free things. So I'm like, yeah. And I, and I put my name in there, and, and it's the last day of the raffle. And so they, uh, they call me the next day, like, hey, you won one of our giveaways. I'm like, great, I'll be in, you know. And I come in, and, and she's like, she's like, I can't even say it. She's like, you won our coconut oil bag. First of all, I didn't know what that was, you know. And 
I'm like, what, is, what does that mean? And she goes, well, it's a, it's a bag, like a grocery bag filled with all kinds of different coconut oil. There's like $100 worth of coconut oil in this bag. And I'm like, <laughs> she's like, is it, do you want something else? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, no, definitely want the coconut oil. But I'll tell you what I learned right there, that he doesn't just want to give us what we need. He also likes to give us what we want. When the Bible says that he only gives, or he loves to give good gifts to his children, what father, when their son comes up to them and asks them for a loaf of bread, will give them a rock, or asks them for a fish, would give them a snake? How much more your father in heaven will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's in the context of sending the Holy Spirit. Nonetheless, the same father gives gifts to his children, right? Well, we did not need coconut oil to survive. We did not need it. And just in case you nobody needs coconut oil to survive. But you're welcome. Write that down. But he loves us so much that he loves to give us good things. And he showed me that day that when we lean on him, when we trust in him, that he will supply all of our needs and even some of our wants according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And I, and I went, okay. So now, Todd Adams said something to me at a home group uh, about a month ago. This morning, he told me, make sure everybody knows that I heard it at a Graham Cook conference. I told him that if it lands flat, I'm just going to blame it on him. But he told me, he said, as you walk through life, you do a lot of things by faith. By faith, 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 because eventually, faith's got to turn into trust. Eventually, it has to turn into trust. And I think the, the difference is that we can lean on God even when we're not hearing this, the, you know, seeing the handwriting on the wall and those kind of things. We trust him because of the history that he has of always showing up for us, always, always demonstrating his character, always demonstrating his proven ability and strength time and time and time again. So whenever Kaylee and I, we don't do this perfectly but I promise you that we do it pretty good. And, we do, and, and now that I've said that, now we're going to be tested to do it another way. <sighs> Please, no. no. Uh, but but I'm, I'm telling you, we do it better now than we did five years ago. But when we're faced with, with a financial issue, I look back and I say out loud many times because I need to help teach myself this truth. You have proven yourself faithful way too many times for me to doubt and not trust you. He has never, when, I, when I'm sitting there and I'm all frustrated about our money and I'm frustrated, where's this going to come from and where's this going to come from? Stop, because you all, I mean, have probably, maybe you've been there. Maybe you haven't, but maybe you've been there. Stop and realize where you are. You are on the other side of every single past financial issue that you've ever had, besides the ones that you're currently walking through. You're on the other side of it. It's done. He already walked you through it. And so, and 
But we read the Old Testament oftentimes and we're like, how could the Israelites just continue to turn their back on God after he showed up for them time and time and time and time and time and time again? And they continue to build an altar here and they sacrifice something to Baal here and they run away here and they do all... How could they do that? They're so stupid. How could we ever worry about money when he always takes care of us? How do we always worry about where our food's going to come from when he always takes care of us? Not to say that we're stupid. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We're in process. We're learning. Right? We're kids. All right. Worship team, come on up. I want to encourage you guys. I want to encourage you guys to, to, practice, to, to practice in some way just these the three easy steps. You should have called the message Practical Trusting, right? We're in the practical series. It's Practical Trusting. Get to know God. Get to know His Word. That's how you do it. You get to know God primarily through His Word, through experiencing the truth that are in His Word. Read the Bible. Know the Word of God. And then put yourself in a position of needing to rely on him and not your own understanding. So when you're faced with an impossible whatever in your finances, at your job, in a relationship, at church, wherever it is, something where you're just like, oh, nothing, oh there's no good outcome to this. Stop and go, Lord, what do you say about it? And then go with what he's saying and ignore the doubt that comes from our own understanding and see what happens. Put him to the test. He's, he'll, he'll come through for you. I can say it with confidence because he said it with confidence and I've lived it and I'm living it. I know many of you have shared stories with me of radical trust, greater than the stories I just told. Continue to walk in that daily. Continue to lean on him. I'm telling you, leaning on our own understanding is like leaning on a broken crutch. Not only, I mean, that's been duct taped back together. So it's not just like, oh, it's broken. I shouldn't lean on it. You're just like, I don't know when it's going to break, but I know it's going to break. I know when it's going to break. I know, you know, it's like this like anxiety and this stress that just wells up in us. That's what it's like to lean on these things because the way that we see things often is not the way that he sees them. Lean into the way that he sees things. Lean into him and he'll show you how to react to these different things that are going to get thrown at you. And I'm, I, like I said earlier, I'm currently walking through some, some things. Many of you are currently walking through things that are causing you to have to daily decide whether you're going to lean on your own understanding or you're going to lean on the Lord. And I just challenge you, daily, lean on Him and see what happens. Because it's well worth it. Because you, you never know when you're going to walk into the store and fill out a raffle ticket and come home with $100 worth of coconut oil that you didn't need but that he loved to give you. Here's the thing. He, here's the thing. He didn't give me like $100,000 in the mailbox. That would have really helped, right? We would have had to rebudget for, no, I'm just saying. That would have really helped. But the coconut oil has changed my life. I mean, changed my life because we didn't need it. And he still gave it. And it wasn't just 
coconut oil. It's like liquid coconut oil, coconut chapstick, coconut body cream, coconut oil for cooking, coconut oil for shaving, coconut oil for... It's like, I didn't know. I love God. I love, I, love the way that, I love the way that he loves to give good gifts to us. Would you stand? I'm just going to close this out in prayer here, and then the, the altar's going to be opened up if our prayer teams could come forward. Um, altar's going to be opened up for ministry. If you need prayer for, for anything at all, doesn't matter what it is, doesn't have to be, I need prayer that I'll be able to trust God more. It's a scary prayer to pray. I dare you to pray it. But, uh, but anything at all, physical healing or just uh, wisdom in relationships or finances, whatever it is, we'd love to pray with you. And I also just want to just, just encourage you to have a, a blessed week. Smile at people. Love on people. Right? Be, be the hands and feet in Jesus wherever you go. Tell them about the Lord. Lay hands on the sick. You'll be glad you did. Lord, thank you for your steadfastness, God, your trustworthiness. You're not a God that says, trust me, and then goes away. You're a God that says, trust me, because you always, always show up. You provide for all of our needs and many of our wants. Just not because you have to, just because you want to. Because you're a good father. Lord, help us to lean on you, to lean into you more than we lean on our understanding. Let the scales be tipped this week from leaning on ourselves, on our own intellect, from our, our own understanding into leaning on you. Show us areas of our lives, Lord, where we haven't trusted you, where you're not Lord. Show us areas of our lives where we, we haven't made you Lord. word says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Lord, if we, if we find ourselves wanting, challenge us, Lord, that we actually don't have a, a money problem or, a, or whatever problem, that we have a lordship problem. If the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not be in want. So Lord, we, come, we say, come and be our shepherd. Every area of our lives, we surrender to you this morning. We trust you, we trust you, we trust you. Father, when it's, when it's true, we want to say it. When it's not true, we want to say it until it's true. And we trust you. Thank you, Lord, for your good gifts that you shower upon us. We love you, Jesus.